All right, welcome back to Gal on the Go Unplugged, based on the blog. My guest today is Donna Young, a successful bariatric patient. Donna struggled with being overweight since the age of six. After her grandfather passed away, Donna was seeking unconditional love that she wasn't getting, so she started self-soothing with food. Uh, I respect Donna's braveness for offering to candidly tell her journey of pre and post surgery. So please join me in uh, welcoming Donna to the program. Thank you, Donna. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And wow, what an introduction. <laughs> Absolutely happy to have you. Um, Okay, so let's get into this. So you shared, uh, you know, with me that you you had struggled with obesity since the age of six, right? And about seven years ago, uh, you had moved forward with the bariatric surgery. That's about a forty-year time span in between. So, yeah. what things did you do to try and lose weight before you decided to go for the surgery? <laughs> well, what didn't I do is is probably a better question, um, you know, or a different question. Um, I had tried so many diets. There's one in, uh, that I did in high school. It was called the hot dog diet. So you would consume seven hot dogs, seven eggs, seven bananas, and seven oranges over four days. Wow. That was an insanity. Okay. I mean, it, it, yeah, nutritious, right? Um <laughs> I did Nutrisystem, I did Atkins, I did South Beach, um, I did calorie counting. Um, I didn't do the, oh, I did, wait, I, I, I almost lied there. I did do a liquid diet, I did Herbalife. My, my parents sold Herbalife for a little while. That was absolutely disgusting. Um, oh. It tasted, oh gosh, it was awful. Um, and, or I would also just starve. Um, I, uh, when I was four, 14 or 15 ended up in the hospital, I lost 40 pounds in, I think five weeks. I just didn't eat and wow. ended up in the hospital with, um, uh, kidney stones. Um, and that was directly, you know, I, I just, I would, I would hardly even drink water. I didn't even know how I was standing up. Uh, that is amazing. No water and food. Plus, I was taking at the time, Bill Bixby um, was touting this pill, basically, you know, speed called Diatac. Um, and I remember asking my mom at the time, who was very desperate for me to lose weight at any cost, um, even took me to Overeaters Anonymous when I was 12, um, which was horrifying. But anyways, long story short. Um, Diatac, uh, she said, well, you know, go to your doctor and go to the pediatrician. And, um, if he says it's okay, it's fine. Well, he, you know, it, it, you'll notice in, in anybody overweight or whatever, and I hate that word, um, it, you know, will tell you at any cost, lose weight at any cost. Right. So he was like, yeah, that's fine. Just take one a day. Well, I was like, well, if one works, how about three? Oh. You know, I, I graduated up to two and three. So it killed my appetite. I didn't, you know, want to eat. I would maybe consume, I know I would chew gum all day and maybe an orange I'd have 
or just do gum and not even eat at all. It was like a challenge. You know, I remember sitting in lunch with my friends at school and they're like, aren't you going to eat anything? I'm like, no, I have gum. I'm good. So, yeah, (laughs) obviously developing. I'm just enjoying the stick of gum. (laughs) Yeah, it's so tasty. Um, You know, but yeah, that's what I did. And, you know, yeah, I mean, nothing good. And then, of course, you you do that. And, you know, kids notice because kids are horrible when you're going to school. Um, wow. You know, you were, you know, I, w- I was a cool kid for about five minutes, you know, because I was actually taking speed, you know, and um, they're like, oh, that's cool. Keep up the good work, you know, and all that. And I come back to school after the hospital. And, you know, of course, you're going to lose it that when you start eating food again. I mean, it didn't take long to gain that 40 back. Um, but yeah, so yeah, my, um, journey is varied. I mean, I did anything, anything I could, I even joined curves, um, in my, in my early forties, I joined curves when that was a thing where it was exercise plus their weight loss program, which was basically, um, just like Weight Watchers, same kind of thing. I did Weight Watchers, speaking of Weight Watchers, I did them all, any diet you can name off. I've done well over 30 diets in my lifetime. And you have, that's just amazing. And, and um, you know, y- you have that same mentality that I share that, you know, those things, not all those things out there, they don't work across the board for everybody. So a lot of times people who struggle with weight, um, you know, you, of course, are trying like everything that's available out there just to see what sticks. So you know, given all the things that you um, had given a shot, what made you choose then to finally like go through with the bariatric surgery? Um, I had started the, like started seriously thinking about it in my late forties, thinking, you know, nothing has worked. And do I really want to turn 50 still agonizing over this? You know, I'm just so tired of waking up every single day thinking about how fat I am. And I would, it was like that. It was hell on earth. Just every day up, I'm up. First thought, oh, I'm fat. What am I going to wear today? I'm so uncomfortable. I feel like crap. I don't want to get out of bed, you know? Um, And started casually, you know, seeing, I know a a friend of mine, I reconnected with her. We, We were estranged for a little while. And I reached out to her and I knew she had had um, the gastric bypass surgery several years before that and started peppering her with questions after we reconnected. And I said, you know, I I just, and and then I, I tried again to diet, you know, started doing calorie counting and seeing if that worked. I think that might be the time when I was seriously doing Atkins or South Beach, one of the two. Um, I find South beach to be like low fat Atkins. Um, that's, that's how I view it. But anyways, um, starting stopping and then finally saying, okay, um, I'm actually going to go to, or when I turned 50, I said, well, still fat. Um, (laughs) I think I'm going to actually seek out, um, a bariatric practice. And I did. And I got up all the way to when they were going to put me through the surgery, met with their nutritionist, who was just not very nice. 
And yeah, she was, she was just, she's like, look, um, it's four o'clock. I'm supposed to leave at four 15. So, um, we're done at four 15. She needs to get out of that. Yeah. I'm like, um, hmm. Okay. So, and they were really big on pushing that you had to lose at least, um, 5% of your weight before the surgery. And my feeling was if I could lose weight, I wouldn't be here. Right. So that, and they wanted you to do South beach. So that coupled with her bad attitude, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Bye. I'm done. I'm going to try this again. I'm going to do, you know, an, another diet yet another diet. Um, and come around to, I turned, you know, 51 and, and still fat. I'm still not working. And I went through what was my, um, the practice I ended up with and they approved me all the way through. And I was set. They were, they scheduled a surgery date and I backed out again. I got scared. Uh, I'm like, no, no, I want to try it again on my own. Okay. So I'm just too, too afraid. Um, you know, cause this, it's huge because like I have, I had my gallbladder out a million years ago. So it's easy. You have pain. You need to take your gallbladder out and the pain will stop, right? You don't think I'm fat. I'm going to take part of my stomach out. I mean, you don't think that, right? And plus, nobody's going to tell you, doctors included, that you have to do this. It's an elective surgery. So that's what kept tripping me up. Like, uh, it's I, I, you can't reverse it. You know, you, you can't undo this. So um, with the sleeve, with the vertical sleeve gastrectomy that I ended up with, okay, the RNY they can undo to a certain point, which is the RNY surgery where they actually bypass, okay. Um, with the sleeve, they cut 75 to 80% of your stomach and it's gone. That's it. So, and this is actually the more preferred method. It's um, because it's funny as it sounds, it's less, it's less invasive, if you will, than bypassing all. Out of all the drastic, yeah, yeah, that is the less. Right. It's the less aggressive. Thank you. So um, I, you know, just, just would struggle with this. Is this the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? So again, another quote unquote failed attempt at dieting. I think I did like, Atkins again. Um, my problem was I would lose 35, 40 pounds and it would take me eight to 12 months to get that. That's, and that was way too slow for me. And I would not have the payoff. I wouldn't get put diabetes into remission. I wouldn't put high blood pressure. I wouldn't get rid of sleep apnea. I wouldn't get rid of all these things. It was just, I'm 40 pounds less. That's oh, it. So there was no payoff. Um, so I didn't even, I mean, 40 pounds, I was two or almost 250, right? So 40 pound loss wasn't quite enough to really get any good effect. Right. And I would just hit a wall and I wouldn't be able, no matter what I did. Um, so I said, okay, I'm about to be 52. We got to do something. It's time. So called that same practice back was seeing a therapist, a regular therapist, if you will, at the time. And um, at the time when they approved me before the same practice, they had me see an outside because you have to pass a psychological evaluation. 
they had me see one of my choice. Uh, this time, they insisted that I pass that evaluation with their bariatric therapist. Well, she heard that I binge and all this addictive personality, and she said, mm, you're not ready. I need to see you at least three months before I'll pass you through. Oh, and wow. I was so I was furious because I'm like, I'm ready. What are you talking about? You're I'm interrupting my flow now because yes, I finally like, got the like, you know. Yeah. How <laughs> dare you? I'm ready and, and you're wrong. And and she's like, you can say all this things, but we're not going to pass you through until you do this. So it was really funny. I was seeing my regular therapist for CBT, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy every other week. And then I would see the bariatric therapist every other week. And about halfway through of seeing her, I realized she's on to something. Yeah, I wasn't ready. And I did tell her, I'm like, all right, you were right. I wasn't ready. And, you know, you let me know when you think I'm ready. And it was actually a little faster. Um, it was like two and a half months, two months. She said, I think you're okay. I'm going to pass you through and get you a surgery date. Um, so... And, you know, this practice, they didn't make it lose weight before or anything like that crazy. And they were of the same mindset. If we thought you could lose weight, you wouldn't be here. You know, you need an intervention. You need something to help you. Um, so, yeah, that's what finally led me, you know, and, and I will say I'm giving more than you asked for, but I will say that's that um, right up until three minutes before the surgery, when the surgeon walked in, I was still like, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Because it's elective. You know, I had done, they make you do a liquid diet uh, 10 days before, you know, and I had heard a lot of other bariatric patients complain about this. I, I am a rule follower. I was like, okay, you want me to do this? And I had lost, uh, I think it was like, yeah, I'd lost 15 pounds in those 10 days. Um, I'm like, hey, maybe I can just keep doing this. And then my husband and one of my best friends like, yeah, no, that's not real life. You can't, you, you're going to poop out on that. You're not going to be able to do that. And also I should say that it was, you know, four shakes a day, a half a cup of um, non-starchy vegetables and all the water you want, sugar-free popsicles, <laughs> sugar-free jello. Um, and that was it. And, you know, yeah, that's not sustainable. Kind of yeah, that's not sustainable at all. And it sounds yeah. like it worked out for the best as far as that other office, you know, that the staff sounded horrible. Absolutely so horrible. The nutritionist, everybody at the practice that I go to now, they're fantastic. Yeah. Well, so. then that was one of those things where, you know, it's truly worth the wait. Um, yeah, because it was it the right like, place, right time. Yeah. Okay, so you, you have the surgery, and then um, what would you say were some of the immediate benefits of having the surgery? Like, you know, obviously the weight loss aside. Um, well, um, the immediate benefits, I um, just so you know, for anybody that's unfamiliar, right after you have the surgery, as soon as you get to your room, they want you to get out of bed and walk. And, and, um, I did it, you know, like I said, I'm a rule follower. So it's, it, it's the mantra of the bariatric patient is sip, 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 walk, walk, walk. So sip little sips of water. So you don't dehydrate and walk, just keep walking, you know, it helps. And the immediate benefits three weeks out, um, diabetes in remission. Um, oh, wow. 
and no more high blood pressure three weeks out. Um, got rid of sleep apnea fairly quickly within, I want to say two to three months. Um, and not everybody with sleep apnea is overweight. I just want to caveat that. Um, my husband, case in point, had apnea and he's like naturally thin, um, always been thin. So, um, and so those were the immediate ones. Um, and, and were those fast, um, like it sounds like those that's a pretty uh, amazing time span like the the common three weeks three weeks f about for some of those is yeah. is that um like pretty much across the board for others or did as you just respond the, that well to it like um i want to say for people with diabetes and um sleep apnea or not sleep apnea, I'm sorry, high blood pressure, those two can pretty much write themselves fairly quickly, especially the diabetes can go into remission. I don't wanna say that it's gone uh, because I think that's incorrect. Um, I think it puts it in full remission because I think once you have diabetes, I'm not a doctor, but once you have it, it's still there. Um, so you still, you know, because if you gained, some of the weight or most of your weight back, it will come back full blown. So uh, it, it puts it in what I call a remission. So um, high blood pressure. Yeah, those two things usually happen fairly quickly within a month. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah. those are some of the immediate benefits. What are some of the things that would be good for people to know that uh, are some, let's say, bad side effects of the surgery or or unexpected maybe um, challenges? Um, so the biggest challenge is relearning how to eat your food. Um, you're going to go through i never did but it's very common with people because i re researched the heck out of this before i went through with it um, a lot of online research and groups and things like that on facebook um and people will have regrets like what the heck did i do because you can't eat more than maybe a few bites of food i mean they they put you back on solid foods gradually you're still on a liquid diet after so there's some you know things there you can um develop um malabsorption of iron for one i knew i went into this because i'm i can be, go anemic um very easily um me personally so um i knew going into this i might have to have iron infusions um as part of my life after the surgery it didn't happen, but I was willing to do that. That was something I was willing to take on. Um, you also have to learn that uh, to never trust a fart again. Um, <laughs> I think it was Al Roker that he talks about um, after I think he had bypass that, you know, he literally crapped his pants. He thought it was gas. And yeah, I mean, that can happen. Um, a lot of new patients will carry around when when they start traveling outside again um carry an extra pair of pants with them just in case um but the gas is actually how you lose the weight that's the gas that's actually how weight loss occurs oh so, that's wild yeah so um but yeah it can easily turn into what you call a shark um and <laughs> uh 
hemorrhoids. I got hemorrhoids from this. A, a joke of me and my husband have is like, hey, I had bariatric surgery so I could develop hemorrhoids. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but to me, you know, these and, and the other thing, I did end up in the hospital uh, because I couldn't poop about three months out because uh, you don't realize the benefits of fiber. Um, you know, I'm a rule follower. Yes, but nobody's perfect. Right. So I lacked on a few things. So, um, I didn't realize how important, you know, it was to move, drink water and get the fiber, all three things. So, you know, those are a few things. Now there's some, like they prepped me. I might get very nauseous when you wake up from the surgery itself. I never had nausea. I never threw up. I never really had a whole lot of pain. I had spasms um, that were like on the edge of pain, um, but I never really had pain. I never got nauseous, um, and but that can happen. So, yeah. Well, um, given the pluses and the minuses, you know, and the fact that you took such thoughtful time to, you know, consider this and you, you've you went the right, the correct route of, you know, getting help first through a therapist and then doing the surgery. Do you have any regrets at all? Um, do you wish you got it sooner? Think, do you think the timing was perfect? In my mind, I wish that I would have gotten it sooner. You definitely hit on there. Um, regrets? No, absolutely. I would do it again in a heartbeat. I would do it all day, every day if I, if I needed <laughs> to. Okay. Um, but everything happens for a reason, right? I just wish, oh man, I wish I would have done this back when I was 30, but you know what? I don't, I know for a fact, the person I was at 30 was not ready in her head to go through with this. So I don't, I know that I would not be as successful as I am now. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, I wish, but it's okay. I had that it part all of my life for a reason. It, it did. Was to, okay. It did. Yeah. Now, yeah. a lot of times people, this is a pretty um, common fear that I feel like I hear about um, in regard to the surgery. Are you afraid of anything like gaining weight in the future and how it may affect you internally or your body internally? Absolutely. Um, what will happen typically with most bariatric patients, whatever procedure they have, you will reach a very low weight, which I did. I got down to about 125, 126, and I'm barely five foot. Um, and then you bounce back to what's a comfortable weight in your body. So I still think every day it'll cross my mind. Oh, I want to be 125 or 126 again. Oh, I want to get back in the 120s. Like it's, you know, I'm going to win the lotto or something um, <laughs> if I get below 130. I would, I go between 130 and 135 now. Okay. My lowest size was, I actually got into a size two pair of pants. Um, now I go somewhere between a four and six, right? Um, I don't weigh myself on purpose because I'm scared of it. I'm scared of it. Oh, but wow. yes, okay. I'm scared every day that I'm going to gain all my weight back. I'm out of control. Oh my God. Oh no. You know, I ate this, that I'll, I'll, for example, they had cake at my job and I had a tiny little piece and then I'll do this negative self-talk. Oh my God, what's wrong with you? You're a fat ass. You're going to gain all your weight back. Oh my God. Blah, blah, blah. No, that's not real life. Um, 
you're not going to gain all your weight back because you had a tiny piece of cake. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do. It does cross my mind almost every day that fear. My husband likes to call it a good, healthy fear in that it's not going to happen because I think about it. Okay. Okay. Um, but to me, it's kind of also a new obsessive way, you know. And because you don't go based on a scale, right? Do you then use kind of like the fit of your clothes? You know, sometimes people go, okay, I know I'm okay based on like my clothes still fit the way they're supposed to. Yes. My come to Jesus moments are, (laughs) I think, oh my God, I'm going to gain a million pounds. Oh, oh, blah, 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 blah. Wait a minute. Your size six is still fit because I don't want it in my head go over a six. Okay. I'm good at a six. And let me just say, I would have killed somebody to be in a six uh, 10 years ago. Okay. <laughs> and now it's like, that's my quote unquote fat pants are my sixes, right? Is it's, it's crazy. It, you know, it, it's just nuts. The diet mentality, the fat phobia, all this crap that's going on in the world um, or in America, I should say with, or wherever it's going on where, you know, fat people are dem- demonized. It's just crap. I, I just can't stand it. Um, and I also want to say the surgery, if, if I haven't said it first, is not for everybody. I did not come to it lightly and I don't go around touting it that it's, you know, not that you insinuated this, but, um, that it is for everybody. I think it's great if you can do it without it and find your own way to do it without it. For me, it was okay. Last resort. Got to do it. Absolutely. It is what it is. So. And, and you did to your point, you know, you tried many things and you found what was best for you. So, right. so, okay. Given the, you know, having had the surgery, then um, what did you find liberating about it? Oh my God. One of my fondest memories is when I got on an airplane for the first time in my adult life and did not have to ask for a freaking seatbelt extender. Yes. Woo! <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Uh, and I could cross my legs and pull the damn tray table down and not have my belly just move it up and not be able to use it. So those things that like thinner people take for granted, being able to use the tray, crossing your legs on a plane and not having asked for that extender. That was amazing. Amazing. Right. Um, that's things people take for granted. I, you know, it's very cool to even have awareness of like, as simple as you said, crossing your legs, the fact that you could do that, that's, you know, that's really badass. Like, yeah, I just, I cross, I'm crossing them now. I just, whenever I can cross them, they're crossed, you know, it's a big <laughs> deal to me because I wasn't able to, for so many years that having more energy, just feeling better. It changed my whole outlook on life seriously because for example like not being able to get out of bed first thought you have is i'm fat right now it's like oh i'm gonna face the day i'm gonna do my meditation i'm gonna get on the treadmill i'm going to do my positive affirmations i'm gonna have a great day damn it i'm gonna just look forward to getting my nearly ten thousand steps today and just being active being an active participant in life Loving the sunlight, loving outdoors. I used to hate outdoors because I would sweat or I feel uncomfortable in the summer, you know, all this stuff. And just what people take for granted, enjoying being able to walk and not get out of breath, go up a flight of stairs and not get out of breath, not just sitting still and just sweating because you just are carrying this extra weight or whatever, you know, that, yeah. 
So that was probably part of my high blood pressure too, where I would just get all warm all the time. But yeah, just, um, yeah, it's been very liberating. Well, what, okay. Going along with, um, what's been liberating, what is like one thing that you really wanted that you couldn't have before, whether it was like, you know, a wardrobe of certain types of clothes in certain sizes or like an item itself, like, you know, um, maybe you always wanted to like scooter, you know, and, uh, it wasn't doable, um, you know, pre-surgery. Let's see. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is being able to wear a cute pair of jeans and tuck a damn shirt in. Right. Um, I remember I belonged to a buy nothing group on Facebook. It's, it's a big movement. I don't know if you're familiar, but it's um, little neighborhoods will have a group where you actually give things to each other for free that you're no longer using. Oh, right? that's really cool. So I got a lot of my clothes because as you're um, losing weight so rapidly, um, you'll go broke trying to, you know, go to the store. So I joined the buy nothing group in the hopes that, Maybe somebody had some, you know, because I would be like, well, today I'm an 18, might be a 16 tomorrow, you know. So um, I remember I had this size 12 J-Lo jeans, Jennifer Lopez jeans that I got from the buy nothing. And I'm looking at that size 12, that ain't going to fit me. And then putting them on and feeling elated and then maybe even tucking it in. Eh, I'm not ready to tuck it in. But I wore those until they were falling off my ass. Let me tell you what. Oh, um, right. <laughs> I just loved them. And um, I stuck with that brand. I still, I love her jeans. They're very soft and they're expensive. But um, so that was a thing to be able to wear a nice pair of jeans and um, feel good in them and to tuck a shirt in and to look okay. So yeah, that, that was awesome. like that. And also I got to say, I went into this, the main reason was to get healthy and I achieved that. That was the big push. But as far as, yeah, I wanted to wear some cute clothes and having a nice pair of jeans was a big part of it. So health, of course, number one, that makes sense, you know, uh, um, but that's really cool about the fashion aspect too. And again, it's another thing that I think people take for granted, you know? Yeah. Um, to be able to walk in a store and not have to go right to the plus size section, I will say I still to this day, four years out, I was at Target the other day looking at sweaters. Um, this woman uh, was watching, you know, just like, I'm like, oh my God, these are only $10. You know, what do you think? Do you think this might be, um, do you think this would fit? I absolutely hate trying on clothes. I always have um in the store and even to this day even to this day i hate it wow. i hate the process like i'd rather bring them home try them on and then I, I i don't know i don't know why i just hate it i hate the whole dressing room thing but um i think part of it might be because it's kind of a bad memory of shopping for clothes when i was a kid and it was always a pain in the ass because i was a fat kid so i think it might be that um if i was to psychoanalyze myself a little bit <laughs> but um this woman you know she's like um you should get the small. What are you doing with the large? And I said, oh, really? No, no, no. Uh, I'll try the medium. I tried the medium. I'm like, oh, if she wasn't, she was right. Aww. She's right. You know, so that still to this day, being able to go into a store and grab a smaller size is just so liberating, like not having to go to a special section where I know some of the stores now are integrating the plus sizes in with the quote unquote regular sizes, which is nice. 
Um, but yeah, you know, just taking that for granted, it's like people have no idea what it's like to live in our heads where, you know, also, um, fortunately and unfortunately people do treat me better as a thinner person than they did when I was heavier. And it's not all in my head. I know for a fact. Yeah. I, I, I don't like when people dismiss something like that and say, oh, you're just imagining that someone's nope. treating you different. It's BS to me. Like, uh, you, you know, it's like to your point, you just said it. It was that gut feeling. You knew you were being treated different. It wasn't just an assumption. It was a fact. Like, like I'm still surprised at how shame. nice, like how nice people treat me now that I just met, you know, where they're not, you know, a little bit taken aback or whatever, you know, that they don't see a fat me first. Um, they don't see the fat first, they just see me, right? Yeah, that's just um, shameful. Also with doctors, it, doctors do it too. I would go, except for my my current GP, I found one that, you know, many years ago that wasn't just going to make it all about fat, uh, where you would go in sick with a cold. And yeah, what are you doing about your weight? Um, that's nice. My nose is running and I'm coughing. Let's talk about that. Oh, wow. Now, let's talk about if I were thin, that you would just treat me with the cold that I came in with. What I came not, here for. Yeah. Not what you're just thinking you want to tell me that I'm here for. Yeah. Like you think I woke up and just realized I was fat. Um, do you think oh it was a surprise? God. What you think I'm shocked? No, that's not why I'm here. I'm here because of this. You know, I had so many doctors. Well, you know, you should really lose some weight, you know, gynecological, gynecological appointments. Feed in the stirrups. You're at your most vulnerable. So what are you doing about your weight? I'm not even lying that oh my happened to me. God. Really? <laughs> really? Okay. Wow. Not a great time to talk to me. Yeah. About this. Okay. Not well, that right is now. bold. <laughs> yeah. Speculum in there doing the pap smear. Like, yeah. <laughs> We're not going to talk about this right now. You know, how about not ever? And I'm never coming back to you. Yeah. So yeah. It, well, it's, okay, the so bias given- is everywhere. You know, those situations, um, you know, obviously that means there's a stigma attached. All right. So what do you feel that is important for people to know that who might see, you know, and have that mindset of the stigma with the surgery? That it's the easy way out. Um, They think it's the easy way out. It is so not the easy way out. it is not the easy way out. That is something that you learn very quickly once you go through the surgery that um, I have basically a built-in stopper, a self-imposed stopper, right? Of when to stop eating. Um, And also I have a responsibility to eat nutritious food at least 80% of the time. Um, and to get my, my water in or, you know, those kind of things that it kind of like one of my friends will say, well, it seems like you're on a diet for the rest of your life. And it's, "Eh, we all are to a certain extent, right? I'm just more aware of what I'm putting in my body. You know, do I want to fit, fill it with sugar? And and, and for me at the beginning, it was like, I want to make every bite count because I have so few bites (laughs) that I can actually fit. Um, when you get, I think the first to six months, you can work up to about two ounces of food at this, at a sitting two ounces is not a lot. Wow, so yeah. 
I want to make sure I get my protein, my healthy carb, my healthy fat. That's what my practice um, teaches. And um, I would do that, right? So this is not, if you're going to follow it through with whatever practice you go to, it's not easy. You have to be committed to, and people throw this around, this word or this phrase, a lifestyle change. It really is, it changed my entire mindset. It changed my entire life where, you know, I would love to eat candy, cakes, cookies, all this stuff. I realize if I eat something full sugar now, first of all, I'm risking having a bariatric dump, which I will explain in a second. And second of all, I'll taste that real sugar, just like when I used to, we used to smoke. All it would take would be for me to go back to being a smoker is one cigarette. All it takes for me to is one little taste of sugar where I start wanting more and more and more and more, right? Where it, it, it just activates that part of my brain where, oh, sugar, I want more. Um, so I will avoid that because I know for me, it's a slippery slope, but it's a self imposed boundary. It's what I signed up for. I went into this eyes wide open. I knew that, yeah, in order for me to be healthier, be thinner, wear those cute clothes that I want to, I'm going to have to do these things. I'm going to have to change, you know, my mindset. This is not easy, man. Nobody's journey is easy. People that are doing keto, people that are doing all these other things, it's not easy for them. It's just, but if they embrace whatever works for them, nobody's a cookie cutter. This surgery is not for everybody. Just like keto is not for everybody. Just like Weight Watchers, whatever program you're working, you have to do what you can sustain for a lifetime. So I signed up for this knowing, yep, I can sustain this. I can, now I can eat up to four ounces, right? But it's still, I eat with probably like a two or three-year-old. Oh, wow. Okay if you want to put it into that, right? Um, are there slider, what we call slider foods? Absolutely. Ice cream is the slider. Anything that goes down easy. And that's where you can gain the weight back is if you allow, if you start allowing too many of those slider foods in to like, wow. or if you eat all day, that's another thing. Cause you feel like, Oh, if I eat little bits, you know, you can develop a new kind of eating disorder. People will chew and spit their food. I mean, that's why the therapy piece is so important where you'll watch that show 600 pound life. And it's like, why are they not in therapy right away? Yes. I know they need the intervention because it's so grave. You know, their health is in such grave danger. They got to do what they got to do. But right after the surgery, why isn't there a therapist like right at their bedside ready? <laughs> you know, um, it, it's like the therapy comes secondary where it should be all at the same time. You know, and not everybody's going to be, I get that not everybody's going to want to do that right away. Then unfortunately, you know, they wouldn't have a show if nobody would sign up for surgery, but um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's. Yeah, and I think thing. in society we're learning, you know, so much better about how mental and physical go hand in hand and not treating them separately like we used to or discarding mental completely like it used to be. You can't. So, um, you know, I feel that that's like so important. It needs to become even more important, you know? Yeah. You're, you are still the same person. This is not a magic bullet. This is not, you know, I'm going to wake up thin, you know, it's so funny because there's a joke in the bariatric community where, yeah, I thought I was going to wake up thin, you know, for that split second. And 
or, Hey, I didn't think I was going to have any loose skin. Like I actually thought that like, Oh, it's going to tighten up. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to do oh, mm-mm. No, I haven't had any, well, cause of COVID I haven't had any, um, any kind of elective surgery, skin surgery. That's the next hurdle of, I don't know if I'm going to go through with it or not. I think about it. I don't love the extra skin, but then again, who really sees it? Um, but you know, it's a matter of how I feel, you know, I feel like sometimes I'm carrying around the old shell of me. So oh. there's a mental thing for you too. Um, it's like, Hmm. Okay. But anyway, I think well, I derailed the, your question, but no, it's okay. And when you do decide, I'd love to have you back to share that with everyone, because I think that's, you know, a, a very important component to surgery that you got also. So um, I had consultations. I, I am going to, I will tell you, I, I went to a bunch of doctors here and I didn't find one I liked. And then COVID happened and I'm like, well, I guess that decided that for me. There's no uh, elective surgery right now. So there was for a little bit, but then it was job and whatever. So, yeah. yeah well, that buys you time and that gives you another Thanks. opportunity yeah, again to put a lot of, you know, deep thought into that. So yeah. Yeah, um, it's not, looking it's, forward to following up with you. Cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that would be my main takeaway is like, this is not the easy way out. Um, you got to think it through and yeah. Well, I, I am so grateful that you shared your story, um, you know, with me and with the listeners today. I think it was very brave of you. Um, and if you are seeking bariatric support, you can connect with Donna on Instagram at your underscore Barry underscore Godmother. I love that. <laughs> Or um, you can connect with Donna through her personal Instagram to see what she's up to. And she has a passion for her pet bunnies. So you can see what they're up to. And that is through at Donna underscore D underscore young. Um, thank you for taking the time to unplug with me today, Donna. I want you to stay strong and your personal health and wellness journey continue to be successful and rock on. 